Hello and welcome to the Euro Trips podcast. We are back once again as a four as we once again review all things European football. So I'm your host Andy and I'm this week joined by Alex, Ryan and Naeem. How are you boys? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Good stuff, good stuff. And how about you Ryan and Naeem? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Yeah, I'm all good, thanks. Good stuff, good stuff. So yeah, um, our first thing we're going to focus on this week is going to be all events in Spain. So Naeem, what's been happening in Spain this week? In Spain, yes. Um, so kicking off uh, the weekend's action was Osasuna against Granada. Uh, Chimi Avila, he opened up the scoring in the 45th minute uh, with his goal. At his first, sorry, it's his first goal at home um, in nearly two years. But obviously in between that time, he's had two major injuries, so he hasn't really played much. Um, Jose Angel, he got sent off with a straight red in the 74th minute after pulling back Luis Suarez. Not the, obviously the one that everyone's thinking of, it's a different one. Angel Montoro scored a 90, uh, 90 he scored an injury time equaliser from about 40 yards. Um, after spotting the keeper off his line, um, yeah, he pretty much just, it was, it was a good shot to be fair. Valencia, um, they drew two all with Mallorca. Uh, they was down 2-0 in the first half. Uh, thanks to the goals from Angel Rodriguez and an own goal from the, the uh, I can't say his name. <laughs> um, but in in the second half, Mallorca were reduced to ten men. Um, ten minutes into the second half, when Kangin Lee received his se- uh, second yellow. Uh, later on, Valencia they staged a late comeback. Uh, there were seven minutes added on at the end of the game. And both Valencia's goals came in the 93rd minute from Guedes and in the 98th minute from uh, Luis Gaia. And then in the uh, 100th minute, uh, Rodrigo Batat- Bataglia, he received the second yellow card. So, yeah, they finished the game with nine men in the end of Mallorca there. Uh, Deportivo, they beat Cadiz 2-0 away, thanks to both goals coming from Hossolu. Uh, one in the sixth minute, which was a penalty, and then the... His last goal coming in the 91st minute. Elche, they drew at home with Espanyol 2-2. Atleti Club, they beat Villarreal 2-1. Um, goals from Raul Garcia and Ica, Ica Munian. With Francis Coquelin, he got Villarreal's goal. Probably uh, game of the weekend was Sevilla against Levante. It was an eight-goal thriller, um, which saw five different goal scorers for Sevilla, who went 3-1 up in the first half, uh, with goals from Olivia Torres, Rafa Mia and Diego Carlos. Munir El Hadidi, he made it 4-1 five minutes into the second half before Levante got two goals back, making it 4-3. But any chance of an equaliser was ruled out um, with Fernando making it 5-3, which which was the end result. And then obviously El Clasico was on the Sunday this weekend. Obviously there was quite a lot of good games on the Sunday, so... I did manage to watch most of it. Um, it was it was a, it, was, it wasn't wasn't a bad game. Obviously, it's not the same as it has been over over the last couple of years. Alaba he scored in the thirty second minute with a well taken goal. Um, then Real Madrid they doubled their lead in injury time thanks to Lucas Vasquez's ninety first minute strike. Sergio Aguero he got his first goal for um, Barcelona with a ninety sixth minute goal, but any chance of a comeback um, was pretty much ruled out with only like a minute left to go. Um, also, after the game, which some of you may have heard, obviously Ronald Koeman's car um, was mobbed by a group of Barcelona fans. Um, 
I think some of them spat on there as well. But the club obviously have since come out condemning these actions from the fans. So obviously he's he's in a bit of pressure at the moment. Um, and then Real Betis, they got a 3-2 win against Royal Vallecano, who've been doing well so far this season. Uh, they went 2-1 up in the first half before Alvaro Garcia's 65-minute strike levelled the game. But William Jose, he put Betis in front with a 75th-minute goal. And then obviously the game ended 3-2 in the end. Atletico Madrid, they were, they, they were at home taking on Real Sociedad. They... They were they actually went 2-0 down uh, thanks to goals from uh, Alexander Solov and Alexander Isak. But Luis Suarez, he got both goals in the second half to rescue a point for the home team. And last uh, game from game week 10 was Getafe. They took on Celta Vigo. This was Kike Sanchez Flores' first home game in charge after being appointed earlier on this month after obviously Getafe haven't won a game this season. But they lost 3-0 uh, with both with two goals coming from Santamina and one from Ego Aspas. So that was um, like a little roundup of the game week 10. Um, there have been more games happening this week as well. So obviously yesterday there were three games. Uh, Deportivo beat Elche 1-0 at home. Espanyol, they drew 1-0 at, um, at home with Athletic Club. Uh, Villarreal, they... Um, Drew 3-3 three, three with Cadiz uh, after being 3-1 down. They got a um, night. Dunjuma got a uh, 95th minute equaliser to rescue a point for the team. Um, Mallorca, um, they played earlier on today. Uh, they drew 1-0 with Sevilla after going 1-0 up. They also had a man sent off in that game. Um, Rio Vallecano, they beat Barcelona 1-0. Um, Barcelona did have the chance to make it 1-0, but Memphis Depay's penalty was saved and currently at the moment uh, Real Madrid are taking on Osasuna um, that's 15 minutes in it's still nil nil and Real Betis they're uh, winning 4-1 against Valencia at the moment who if they lose will not have won a game in six six games so after their start of the season when they uh, are beating in four games winning three and drawing one they yeah they have they've been rock plummeting quite a lot um, with their four so yeah, I'll just let you know how the table stands at the moment. Um, if Real Madrid's game continues to be a draw, they'll be level on points at the top with Sevilla and Real Betis, so all on 21 points. But Real Madrid and Sevilla have a game in hand. Occupying the fourth spot is Real Sociedad, who also have 10 points. Oh, sorry, have also played 10 games, but they're on 21 points. And the other two European places are being occupied by Raya Vallecano and Osasuna. And at the bottom, obviously, is Getafe. They're still rock bottom with no wins. And they have two points. Levante, they have five points. They still haven't got, any, got a win. And Granada, they've dropped down into the last relegation spot with seven points. So, yeah, that's a quick roundup of what's been going on in Spain this week. Thank you very much. Thank you. Fantastic stuff. So now we head to the Premier League as we look at the results in the Premier League um, this weekend. So Friday, Friday night, a game that we... Be me, Naeem and Ryan all went to was Arsenal beat Aston Villa 3-1 with goals from Thomas Partey, uh, Pierre Omega-Bamiang from the penalty spot and a meal for the throw, as well as a wonderful consolation goal from Jacob Ramsey. Now, early kickoff on a Saturday, a game I went to on my own. Um, Chelsea beat Norwich 7-0 with a hat-trick from Mason Mount and other goals from Ben Chilwell, Hudson-Odoi, Reese James, as well as an own goal from Max Ahrens. 
The three o'clock game saw a wonderful goal for Callum Wilson as uh, Palace and Newcastle drew 1-1 with the other goal coming from Ben Teke. The surprise of the whole weekend, one of them, was the 5-2 away win for Watford at Goodison Park against Everton. Josh King haunted his former side with a hat-trick as well as goals from um, Dennis and Kuka with Tom Davis and McCarlison getting the goals for Everton. Uh, Lees and Wolves drew out a 1-1 draw with Hwang Ji Chan and Rodrigo getting the goals. Uh, Southampton and Burnley drew 2 all with Max Cornet getting both for Burnley and goals from Broger and Liveramento for the home side. The late game saw a one-sided affair as Man City beat Brighton away 4-1. Two goals from Foden as well as Gundogan and Mares, as well as a consolation penalty from Alex McAllister. And now we head to, now we head to Sunday as Leicester beat Brentford 2-1 um, thanks to goals from Tielmans and Madison and a goal from Zanka in between. Uh, West Ham won the sort semi-London derby with a 1-0 win over Spurs with Mick Antonio getting the only goal of the game. But the highlight of the weekend, the best game of the whole weekend, so Liverpool went 5-0 away to 10-man Man United. So it was goals from Navi Diogo Jota and a hat-trick from Mo Salah uh, with a red card for Paul Pogba in the second half. A tackle that actually saw Navi Keita, uh, get injured. Um, so that is all the games this weekend. Um, obviously next weekend, um, big games sort of to look out for. Our Leicester Arsenal half 12 on Saturday. Uh, half 5, um, see Spurs play Man U at Tottenham. And then the other game probably to look out for is probably, um, in terms of on TV, is Wolves against Everton uh, on Monday Night Football. Apart from that, there isn't the best selection of games. You've got Newcastle Chelsea at three o'clock. You've got teams that you've got things like, um, and then Sundays you've got Villa West Ham, which could be quite a good game. Norwich Leeds, which probably won't be a good game. So it's not the best selection, I'd say, of fixtures this weekend. It's not, you know, last weekend had some great games. You had, you know, you had Arsenal Villa, you had. Um, Brighton City at West Ham Spurs Liverpool Man U and I think this weekend it's not quite the same um, but in terms of the table um, it's still very tight at the top between Chelsea, Liverpool and Man City with West Ham Brighton just behind um, in terms of the bottom Norwich still languish at the bottom they're, they're just simply been terrible this season they were all for the game I went to on a Saturday um, they seem already set for relegation uh, Burnley and Newcastle aren't far above in the relegation spots with Leeds and Sampton Treading closely at the table. Um, so that is my conclusion of the roundup of the Premier League. But I wanted to get a debate with you boys today. Um, so I mentioned that me, Ryan and Naeem went to the Arsenal game on a Friday. We also went out to Miller and Carter on a Saturday night. And then we met this guy. He was an Arsenal fan from North London. And he was sort of, sort of questioning certainly my decision to support Liverpool despite being Welsh. Um, I want to get your boys' views on this in terms of your views on this whole support your local team thing. Because I think that whilst I get the reason why people are sort of so pro it, but I think for me, I don't, I'll get, well, I don't know what you boys think, but I think for me personally, it's not necessarily about who they are from. It's also about which team you fall in love with. And I think sometimes that thing, I think there's a whole lot of pressure about how, some people, I know some people who definitely support their local team just because they feel they have to. Uh, but yeah, what are your views on this sort of on this? It's been a debate for years now. I remember Visa did a video on it a few months ago about this whole support your local team thing. And I think that for me personally, I think yes, you can support your local team, that's fine, that's who you choose, that's it. But I think there's nothing wrong, especially for me, I haven't actually got a local team. Um, I think there's something in it where if you find a team you love or your parents love, you're bringing down the family. I think that there's nothing wrong with it personally. Uh, but what are your boys' thoughts on it? Uh, Ryan, when you remember when uh, you debated about Arsenal being a big club, what were one of the reasons about it? 
there were many, if I can remember rightly. Yeah, there was. There, well, there was. There was history. There yeah. was the success. There was the other thing you said about a global audience. Yeah, that was it. yeah, that is it. Yeah, I think that kind of ends the debate, really. <laughs> there you go. Then. You're not wrong. To be fair, like. <laughs> let let's all support our locals and watch all of these big clubs <laughs> lose millions of pounds in revenue. <laughs> yeah, the, the the support your local thing's stupid. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think the stuff. I think there's people who sort of almost get in their high horse. I think sometimes about oh my god, you're not your fan, you don't support your local team, or I think. People sort of think instantly, oh, right, you don't support your local team, therefore you're not a real football fan. I think that kind of chat is really just flawed because I think, um, sort of like, because I, I, like, I live near Newport, for example, and that's probably the, the local team to me, but I don't really like the city. I think I'm never really, <laughs> I think it's um, not exactly the best sort of place to be. So I think that, and the same thing if, if, if you live in any town where it's not the nicest to live and you sort of, it's like sort of half an hour away from you, like mine is. So I think. It's, it's not really your home, is it? It's somewhere half an hour away. So I think... Well, I mean, Dagenham and Redbridge is quite near me, but it's a bit of a shithole, so I don't support it. Aren't they, like, aren't they folded? Didn't they, Dag... didn't they fold Dagenham and Redbridge? That ain't a big stadium, I can care less. No, I, I, I thought they like, went bust. I thought they, they went out of money, Dagenham and Redbridge. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I got a feeling they actually, like... Remember, I mean, years ago... They uh, no, to... the stadium's still there. Oh, oh, oh they've, um, I think they've, they've re-started again. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I thought they said the, their history. Oh no, no, it is. I'm, no, I'm, I'm thinking of someone else. I think, but um, but yeah. Um, You're thinking what, Red what, Richard what, Dagnum. Yeah, no, it, it's um, I think it's fair enough, but I don't think you should personally make people feel bad for their choices. I think that, especially if you, if you say, say, for example, you um, you know, you, you're three years old and you get made to support a team that's from nowhere near where you're from. Are you telling me you're suddenly going to change your whole? team years later just to please a few people i think that that's arguably worse if you change teams you know 10 15 years into supporting them um so i think that once you choose a team that's it i've always said once you get a, once you get a shirt or scarf that that's it you're you're um you're a fan then so i think that you can't i don't think i think people you shouldn't make well, once you choose a team that's it and i don't think anyone should make you change your mind or feel bad about it personally uh but any final thoughts boys before we go on to the next league yeah kind of, yeah kind of um echo what you're saying really like when it comes to supporting teams it's kind of who you feel a connection with really isn't it like exactly exactly not, not what someone tells you to like i'm like it's just stupid really like like arsenal's not my local team but also i still support them but and like charlton they're like pretty much my closest team anyway but you know i still do kind of follow them but obviously arsenal was my main team so and like what alex was saying like if, if, like without without a global fan base these these big clubs would be um screwed anyway because the amount of revenue and money that they bring in with the overseas fans, um, that that's pretty much it, really. But yeah, it's a stupid support your local team. That crappy argument. Yeah, I think it's stupid. So Richard, if you, if you're listening, Richard, there you are. Have that. Fuck <laughs> off, Richard. Yeah, I mean, if he if he listens, you know exactly that I'm referring to him. So um, I'm sure <laughs> he'll, he'll text me if, if he hears it. Um, but the next thing you want to focus on is a country the three of us are going to be going to in a week and a half time, Italy. So, Ryan, what's been happening in Syria this weekend? Plenty. 
That's it. <laughs> and that, that, that was a roundup. That was a roundup. Now we're off to France. <laughs> <laughs> um, where to start? Uh, I'll, I'll start in order again. So last Friday we saw two games that were played. Torino, who hosted Genoa, that game ended three two to Torino. The next game was Sampdoria, who hosted Spezia. Sampdoria came on top two one. On the Saturday early kickoff, we saw uh, newly promoted Salernitana lose four uh, two to Empoli away. Who were on a good little run themselves. Sassuolo uh, beat Venetia three one at home, and AC Milan came from. Uh, no, sorry, they went 2-0 up. They then went to 2-2. They then scored two late goals to win 4-2 against the Bologna team who had two men sent off in that game. So you can see a trend at the moment that there's goals in every game pretty much. I mean, on the Sunday, we saw Atlanta and Udinese draw 1-1. Fiorentina then put three past uh, Cagliari. Verona then surprisingly beat Lazio 4-1 at home. The only game of the weekend that didn't have goals was actually the the Rome derby. Uh, no, it wasn't the Rome derby. That was the week before. It was Roma against Napoli. Um, two red cards, which were both for the managers. Uh, Spalletti's one was a little bit harsh. All he did was clap at the referee and he was sent off for it. Um, but that game had plenty of red card, uh, yellow cards, sorry. Six yellow cards in total. Finished nil-nil. And then... The last game of the weekend was uh, Derby d'Italia, Inter Milan against Juve. That ended up in a 1-1 draw in a game where the referee, I would not be surprised, was not paid off once again by Juventus because he was absolutely dreadful. Like He gave so many decisions to Juve over Inter. Um, Inter should have had a penalty that wasn't given. I don't think... The penalty that Juve got quite late on was a penalty either. Simeon Inzaghi was sent off for Inter as well, the manager. So, strange refereeing performance once again from uh, the the referee there. Monday, we didn't see any games played. But uh, yesterday, we saw Spezia and Genoa draw 1-1. Venetia, who lost 2-1 at home to another newly promoted side in Salernitana. And AC Milan, who narrowly beat Torino by one goal to nil. Now, in tonight's games, uh, Juventus lost at home to Sassuolo. Uh, Maxime Lopez scored in the 95th minute, a lovely little dink over Chesney. A massive win. It's the first ever win for Sassuolo at Juve, so historic moment for that club. Udinese and Verona drew one all. Sampdoria lost 3-1 at home to Atalanta. And the games that are currently going on at the moment, you've got Cagliari, who are 1-0 up against Jose Mourinho's Roma. You've got Inter Milan, who are 1-0 up away to Empoli. And Lazio and Fiorentina, which is currently 0-0. Another two match days full of goals, full of drama. Can't really call any game at the moment unless it's involved in maybe AC Milan and Napoli, who are first and second retrospectively. Napoli, who dropped points at the weekend, as I said, who draw in with Roma, which means with Milan's wins, they go top of the table. Uh, they have played one game more. 
but they they're seven points clear of third place in Inter Milan. Um, in terms of Juve, I mean, they currently sit seventh and haven't played a game more than most of the clubs around them. So a very auspicious start for Max Allegri's team. And in terms of the bottom three, you have Cagliari, who are rock bottom with six points, Salernitana and Genoa, who are both on seven. And in the goal-scoring charts, Chiro Immobile has got eight goals at the top of the table. Edin Dzeko still going strong with seven. And Giovanni Simeone, who's got six. He's had a very good start to his season. So that's a rounder of the Italian fixtures from the weekend. And that's a cue for Andy to return. <laughs> and that's a cue for Andy to return. God, I am. Um, I forgot I was on mute then. Um, can, I just, can I just say, all three of you stuttered for all of your all, all of your things, and Andy, it, it, when it comes to my bit, I, I, I'm going to blow you all out of the water, and if I don't, you can laugh at me. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, pressure's on you now. Yeah, pressure's on, mate. So, what, what's been happening in France? Well, what has been happening in France? Let me tell you guys. So, I think a good place to start would be on Saturday. And uh, on Saturday, there was a little drop with Brest, uh, 1-1. Jonathan David got another goal. Uh, That was his seventh of the season. He's the top scorer in France now. The Canadian 21-year-old's actually doing pretty good. In a league where there's Neymar, Messi, Mbappe, Ben Yedda, and another uh, little Marseille player we'll get on to later. He's probably going to leave at the end of the summer, and I think he'll probably go to someone like Tottenham or Arsenal, so maybe Niamh and Ryan, you should keep out of him. On Sunday or on the morning at 12 a.m., there was a great, really good game. Nice beat Lyon. Uh, 3-2 Nice in the end, and I know you'll ask at the end of the podcast, my player and goal of the weekend, and I'll keep it quiet on the goals and what happened in this game, but Nice were 2-0 down until the 81st minute and they brought it all the way back three goals in 10 minutes the last one coming from Evan Guessand uh, on his debut an 18 year old who by the way looks you know that picture of Balotelli where he looks like the Hulk he's a he's a built like a brick shit house and he started the game tonight uh, which we'll touch on in a minute but first let's run through the rest of the results as well the key ones at least Monaco beat uh, Montpellier 3-1 they're getting back into form a bit. Kevin Volan, Ben Yedder and Gelson Martins getting some goals. Lawns beat Mets 4-1, which keeps them second in the league. A team that was only promoted last season. Uh, Wesley Said got two goals. Uh, Ganogo got one as well. He's a former uh, Ren player, I believe. And a big game of the weekend, Le Classique. It was Marseille for PSG. And it was a nil-nil draw. Hakimi got sent off uh, for really... A foul where we would probably be quite disgusted about it in the Premier League. What happened was, uh, I believe it was Cengiz Under running straight through on goal. And Hakimi had got back and just yanked him to the ground. Uh, but it was outside of the box, so it wasn't a penalty. He got sent off and Pai blew over the free kick quite disappointingly. A nil-nil draw with a lot of Saliba. William Saliba got a lot of credit because he made a great last second challenge on Mbappe when he was sprinting through himself. But unlike Hakimi, he timed it well. I think the man of the match in this game was a Shaletta Sar. Uh, might expand upon him a bit later. But tonight, 
talking of Marseille, if you guys remember about four or five weeks back when I told you about the incident where Nice fans decided to kick the shit out of Marseille players, well, that game is being replayed tonight. It's currently literally just kicked off the second half. I've got it on my other screen. Armin Giri for Nice has uh, scored a very nice goal early on. But Dimitri Payet, I think it was his, I'm double checking. Yes, it was his sixth goal of the season uh, to equalise. Payet, six goals, three assists at the age of 34 at the moment. And really, you watch him and you don't realise he's 34 years old. He looks so young and so on fire. Former West Ham player, I'm really happy for him. He's just thriving in Marseille. Uh, I mean... I wonder, Sesh, I don't know if you have any follow-up questions, but another Marseille player that I've been uh, looking into is Matteo Guendouzi. An article will be dropping on him soon. He's recently captained Marseille against Lille, uh, against PSG. He was great like, at defending from the front. There was a brilliant tackle on Neymar, like the 50th minute that I highlighted. I know Guendouzi, I think, is a very weird loophole if he comes back to Arsenal, but he's thriving in uh, Marseille. Like, he's looking great. He's ch- There's no... There's no rumours of bad like behaviour. He seems to be channeling it really well. Uh, I, mm. I, he 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 had that at Arsenal. He he had a great start at Arsenal, but then slowly but steadily the wheels came off. He had an attitude problem, and Arteta was right to chuck him out. He won't be coming back to Arsenal this season because they. It was rumoured that he had Marseille had an option to buy him. I believe it's actually an obligation. Yeah, it is. And yeah. I think, there's, already... I think there is a, there's a weird loophole. I can't remember what it was, but I saw it reported when I was writing it. Look, I think there is some strange way. I don't know don't know what it revolves around, but I don't think Gwendouzi will want to come back. He's, he, he recently came out on an interview and was like, this is the happiest I've ever been in my career at Marseille. Like, he absolutely loves it there. So yeah, I, I don't, don't think Arsenal could anyway. bring him back if they wanted to. Nah, I don't want him back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, um, Alex, was because I know you were active on it on Twitter the other day. Was there's now being linked, obviously, with the result I mentioned, the five 0 loss of Manu. Solskjaer's job seems more and more, um, ah. sort of paid more and more untenable his position at the club. And I think that the talk is a paper talk is that their number one target is a manager who's currently managing a league in people are known from the from the Premier League before in Pochettino. Um, so, well, so you know in PSG that they're obviously they're they're sort of high up in the league, but the Champions League is the main priority. And there's always talk that you know if he doesn't win the Champions League, his job may be under pressure. But do you think that Pochettino firstly would go to Manu if he goes to Manu, whether he'd be a good fit? Uh, I think it's more likely that he'd go to Manu rather being a good fit, just because he's not been too good at PSG. We've said a lot of times on this podcast. I think. At Marseille, they they showed some nice rotations up front. It was like the first game I didn't. It's the first game I saw Mbappe play really nicely as a striker. But since he's moved there, I've said a few times I've just seen a lack of progress, and I'm not alone in that. There's very few. I don't think there's any French football fan who's liking PSG at the moment who thinks they're playing well. They've really grinded out the results they've got. It's sort of a similar fashion to Chelsea at points this season, where you can tell they've not particularly deserved a big victory but they've they've kind of lucked their way to it so I think Pochettino at the end of the season may leave I think it's bollocks it will leave now that'd be ridiculous it, I, I think it'd be damaging for his own career and I, on a side point of that because it's it, the counter to it of what I've said about Pochettino which I mean I've kind of answered the question would it be a good fit at United my my answer is a bit of no 
Because of PSG, he's been showing up in terms of... At big clubs, you are going to have to manage lots of different things. Like There are going to be player egos. And I think at Tottenham, it was a very, very good fit. But at PSG, he's not been able to construct a team that can break down a deep block. And people have said, oh, but PSG attackers, they, they do what they want. They don't listen to him. He wants to employ a higher press. And it's like, these, then these people won't just dole hang up front. Like if, if if Neymar, Messi and Mbappe and Di Maria were like 100% out there to just ignore Pochettino's instructions, we would have heard something about it by now, either from like a, a leak or Pochettino himself. It's just Pochettino's really struggled to implement any proper style, apart, aside from letting teams come onto them and hoping to counter-attack them back, which doesn't always work. And yeah, I'm not sure he is the right fit for United. I don't think he's done well in terms of coaching egos. And he's going to have that at United with Ronaldo, with Bruno Fernandes, with Pogba, to an extent, maybe Varane as well. I mean, I'm just at this point naming very famous players in fairness, but definitely with Ronaldo uh, himself and Pogba. I'm not sure he's the right man. I'd rather go for a Conte or Zidane. And that's a good ask. A nice segue to my next question was who you thought would who all the, all these three of you thought would be the, the man you next manager because I think for me Conte is the best on paper but I think um, one thing Solskjaer is a man you is a yes man and I think he's not someone who's going to kick off at the board you know demand things whereas Conte absolutely would and he's fallen out with his last two jobs um, so I think that that's why I think on paper he's a man they should definitely go for. Uh, but I don't think I don't think they'll hire someone like Conte. And I don't think Zidane will want the job because I think he'll hold up for the France job. So I think in terms of who's available, there's not many managers who are gonna who are that, that sort of level that are available. So maybe they just bite their tongue and go for Conte, or maybe Zidane actually does want to go to Manu. Um, but who do you boys think? Um, all three. If I'm gonna get you one word. Who do you think is gonna be the next Manu manager? Conte. Conte. Solskjaer. <laughs> <laughs> we only can only, we can only hope. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point to be fair. If it turns up. Can I just say the United game of the weekend, right? I, I'd watched Tottenham beat West Ham early in the day and I was like, that was a horrible Premier League match. Like Tottenham was so bad. So I thought, right, you know what? I'm there's Spartak Moscow beat Zenit. This should be an interesting game. I can watch it free on YouTube. Liverpool beat United, it'd be United, they will defend boringly. I get to 45 minutes in Zenit and uh, Spartak. I'm half half time. It's like 4 0 on there. And I'm like, wow, this former Russian giant is getting absolutely mm. thumped. It was Spartak getting thumped, by the way. They lost 7 1. And I wonder what United scores. Look over and look. What the hell is going on over there? <laughs> yeah, it, it was incredible. Like, that, um, you know, to watch that in a pub with those Man U fans, Liverpool fans, it was just an incredible. Incredible atmosphere. It, it, it was decent. It was um, very enjoyable. Another thing I was saying is on the, today, the Hair Drive podcast, Hair Drive Treatment podcast, which I'm a part of. Do check it out on podcasts. And um, and yeah, it was just incredible. Like, I was watching it with my few of my course mates with Liverpool fans and, you know, and um, just you know, a whole pub full of Liverpool Man fans. It was an incredible atmosphere. And it doesn't get much better than that for Liverpool fans, ours, because to beat your biggest rival away from home 5 0 against 10 men, it's just. That's what that's what you dream of when you you know it's, it's what Chelsea fans dream of against Rangers, what um, Spurs fans I think dream of against Arsenal and vice versa. City and Man U. It's just I think it's it, sorry, it, sorry, sorry to interrupt quickly. I mean, 
can this podcast just stay on for about five minutes longer? Because I'm a bit confused. I have got Marseille Nissan in the background. I know it's a bit of a tangent, but I've just seen a flare thrown onto the pitch. The, oh, I mean, no. No, but do you know what's weird? It's an empty stadium. Then yeah. There's no fans allowed, so I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's the um, steward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I'm just so confused. Sorry. I'm watching this whole time. Uh, yeah. I'll try and provide an update. <laughs> yeah, please do. Please do. Let us know next week as well. What did happen in, in that game? Well, that does conclude our podcast for this week. So thank you all for, for listening to this week's podcast. We will, we will be back next week for more for more European football reviews. And our YouTube channel is getting more more videos by the day. We've done two vlogs in the weekend. We're doing one more this weekend coming up. So do check out, like and subscribe our channel and share. We, do, we need to get as much publicity as we can. So we appreciate all you can do for us. But yeah, I have been your host, Andy. This has been Naeem. This has been Ryan. And this has been Alex. Bye. Ciao.